You're listening to Campus Review Radio. research looking at happiness or quality of life in adolescents who have been diagnosed with an autism spectrum disorder. It's an exciting research program for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, we know very little about quality of life and well-being in adolescents with autism spectrum disorder. In contrast, there's been quite a lot of research looking at uh, well-being in typically developing adolescents. So there's a real gap in the literature. Um, The other reason um, why it's an exciting project is that it it will give a voice to the community, um, the autism spectrum disorder community, about um, what they think is important for their wellbeing. Um, So the way that that it works is that, that that first of all, the parent of an adolescent, so a young person over 13 um, and up until early adult years, would first um, go onto the website, so www.wellbeingindex.net.au and put some information in and then that would send a link to their adolescent who would then uh, be able to complete um, the survey online in the comfort of their own home. And, and, that's, and that's exciting because it will give their opportunity for the young adolescent to uh, reflect on their experiences and, and subjective well-being. We know that um, adolescent years are complex years developmentally. And if you are going through the adolescent years and you have some additional challenges in the form of autism spectrum disorder, um, then then it could be um, potentially more complex. We know that um, adolescence is a period really marked by um, more outward looking from the um, family of origin and and more um, looking towards peers and social interactions, romantic relationships, so attachments outside of the family. And if you have autism, that's not an easy thing always to negotiate. It can be more complex to move through what is already really a complex maze of adolescence. So, so, so that's why we've 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 chosen adolescence. Um, but the other reason is that what an interesting point that a lot of we have a lot of research um, over the last decade in autism, which is wonderful. But a lot of that research has been focused on childhood years. So um, so that, that's great, but um, of course you're going to be an adult for a lot longer than you're a child. So we've got huge gaps in research across the board in, in autism, in adolescence um, and in the adult years. So, so that's a, another, uh, I guess, reason that we've, we've been looking at the work that we've been doing at the Deakin Child Study Centre over, um, over the last decade and, and recognise that we too have been really focused on on children um, more than adolescents. Um, the the other thing I guess about um, this study and in the context of children versus adolescents is that um, we find that children, young children, are usually happy to attend appointments with their parents. Um, but when children with um, autism and without autism, in fact, um, adolescents, adolescents are much less likely to want to come in and do research. Um, um, you know they're busier and and there's many reasons for that so the beauty of this research is that being online we're hoping to 
capture a really broad um, sample of adolescents who can engage in research um, in a really convenient way online. If we think about the history of autism, it was first described um, by Leo Kanner in 1943, and then Hans Asperger described Asperger's disorder in 1944. And we, um, we didn't know very much for a long time about people who have autism spectrum disorder who are very bright. So um, what Asperger's was really describing, we didn't know much about um, Asperger's, and we, but we knew more about that more classic autistic presentation. And then um, in the 80s, um, a famous professor called Lorna Wing first described um, and transcribed Asperger's work um, from German into the English language. And then in the 90s, for the very first time, Asperger's disorder, so referring to people who are normally intelligent, um, if not very, very bright, um, but who have social communication and behavioural difficulties. So that got described in our diagnostic manuals for the first time only, only in the 90s, in 1994. So it's not that long ago, really, that we, we even understood um, these kids. And before then, I think what was happening is um, people might have just thought, you know, oh, little Johnny's a bit quirky, but he's very bright. Um, that, you know, there's nothing wrong with him. So it wasn't really until the mid-90s that we started to identify um, what was often called as high-functioning autism or Asperger's disorder. In fact, I started my PhD um, soon after that in 1997 and conducted one of the first studies in Australia looking at um, children with high-functioning autism and Asperger's disorder. And and then there was a, a huge jump in research around um, that time. Um, and then, um, and, and of course, it was focused on children because that was a huge gap. We all of a sudden were faced with all of these children um, where we were understanding that they have autism or Asperger's disorder in a way we never did before. And we had to really work hard and scramble in research to understand some of the very basics, how to identify these kids how to diagnose what are what are what are the early treatments that should start so so it sort of makes sense that the research was focused there from 2000 to about 2010 or you know I guess in just in the recent years um, and now it's developmentally moved to adolescence because the the, the children of course who, who would have been in my PhD study in 1997 are now young young adults and so They've grown up, and so we we know who they are, and and we're trying to catch up as researchers for how best to support and understand them. To our knowledge, there hasn't been a study on subjective well-being um, from the voice of adolescents with autism spectrum disorder um, published. So there are lots of different ways of, and there is you know various ways of of looking at happiness or. Or well-being, but but we we're looking at it um, from a subjective well-being. So rather than parents or teachers filling out questionnaires, reporting how they think their adolescent is tracking, so coming from from their own perspective. So we ask we ask them questions such as how satisfied they are with their lives and different areas of their life, such as standard of living, achievements, and relationships. So it's very novel in that sense. 